On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day, Migos, and welcome to the Four Diego's here in 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, Wednesday night. It's not bad. It's uh, going to get fresh, I think, over the next couple of days. But hey, thanks to Mark Fine, finally on another sensational show, and he'll be back uh, tomorrow. And also the boys from the Wonder Years, Stevie Milne and Troy Zantuck, always enjoying listening uh, on the drive into. SEN for the Diego's, and I'm sure there are millions of listeners as well. Vinny Venezuela's in the house tonight. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Good to be here. So is Warren, looking very pensive tonight. Yeah, no, it's funny because 1990 brings back horror memories for me. I met Carlos in 1990 for the first time in my life. Yeah, Carlos, you wouldn't have no, remembered before that. that. Before no, that. No, it was 1990. Actually, just introduce me and then I'll get into the That's conversation. Okay. No, no, you can talk now. He's introduced you. Carlos Alberto Diego. Thanks, um, Rodrigo. The man who met Warren in yeah, 1990. I thought it was earlier than that, Warren. Oh, it might have been. Because the, the pain's been... Stuck in me for a long time. <laughs> I, I tell you though, Carlos, and I'm, I'm, it might have been 89 when Carlos, I first met. Carlos, yeah, is, it like, is it like being constipated? <laughs> is it that sort of pain? <laughs> did, I still we, remember. We didn't do our first rehearsal yeah, no, for the Diego's I, I know, in 1990. I, those, did we? Pe- those people who, uh, who listen to Diego's regularly would, would know when we get in a reflective mood, we go back to that first audition yeah, yeah. It was tape 1990. in the school library. We yep. had the uh, little, you know, little, little you know, yep. cassette recorder. Yep. With some cassettes in those days, little kiddies at it. Record and play at, we, yeah, the, same at the same time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And, the red button. And I'm yeah. pretty sure we didn't press it right in the no, first place. So we had to do it again. Right. And, uh, and, it was, and we did a, 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 a fake interview with the Diegos, right. of, uh, you know, the, the starting Diegos plus Paul Wade. And I was Paul Wade. <laughs> so we went through the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, that Very was really nice. nice. But um, Warren said outlandish, outlandish things in those days also. Yeah, and we'll address some of the outlandish things <laughs> yeah. he said in the uh, pre-match, uh, which was all of two minutes tonight. But, yeah. uh, hey, we'd love you to uh, talk to us tonight, 94291116. That's the uh, phone number. And, of course, 0433981116. We'll catch up with Mike McGrath from the UK a little bit later on. And, of course, a couple of Asian Champions uh, League games Yesterday, Kashima Antlers defeated Western Sydney Wanderers uh, 2-1, and Brisbane Raw defeated Beijing Guan one 1-0. Never quite sure how to say that Guan. word. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, I, I love all football, as you know. I mean, I could be driving down the street uh, on the weekend, maybe a bit of time up my sleeve, little kiddies game, I'll go and watch it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who's playing, I just like to watch it. But I'm finding it really, really, really difficult to watch the ACL games involving Brisbane Raw and West Sydney Wanderers at the moment. I just, I, and I can't believe they're still getting results, those two teams, yeah. when they've been so average to poor this season in the A-League. I don't know. I get, I'm just, I'm just a smidgen of boredom. They, uh, Western Sydney Wanderers almost gave us a bit of hope or gave their fans a bit of hope because they were up. Yeah, they were. They needed to be up and then they just yeah, I'm it seeing, all slid away. I, mean, I know they've played a lot of games this season, but I'm seeing too many gaps. Gaps. I mean, they're getting reasonable crowds, but it's, it's starting to be gaps. 
you know, honeymoon's over, Carlos. I, it's I all think, over. Yeah, I think so too, Vinny. I, I think they're they're a team, un, a club under pressure next year. The question for Poppy is, how long can uh, he keep it together or keep his job with the, yeah. with these sorts of performances? Mm. Is the fairy tale over, boys? Because uh, you know they obviously they had a fairy tale first for year, years. And Warren, you were reflective of fairy tales in the pre-show, and that kind of makes up our hot topic tonight. Can you take us through it? Well, contemplating. Life without Stevie G. And <laughs> I stayed up as one would do when trophies are at, you know, a scarcity at the club that I support <laughs> to watch the FA Cup final on Sunday night. And good luck to Aston Villa and everything like that. But I was at the end of it thinking to myself that when Stevie Gerrard, when Stephen Gerrard actually announced his retirement, that you had all these grand feelings that he would go out, you know, with, you know, an, a 24-gun salute and <laughs> everything else, the fanfare. It was going to be a fairy tale way to finish. And the fact that the FA Cup final was going to be on his 35th birthday and Liverpool through, you know, the draw had made their way through to the semi-final and were playing Aston Villa. I know Reading, Arsenal played Reading, so you could have said Liverpool had the harder game. And but they on, scored first? Scored first, Coutinho, and really without playing sensationally well, controlled the first half and probably should have just been able to go away. And and even Stevie G passing it to Mario Balotelli and it was a questionable as to whether it was offside or not and the ball was in the back of the net. It made me realise that in an era where, you know, it's all about professionalism and money, maybe the fairy tale in world football doesn't exist anymore. It just doesn't happen. So the hot topic, I suppose, on that is I contemplate... Stevie G's exit departure stage door left really yeah. the way it is it's not going to be open stages he's a going f- down the little chute in the middle of the stage <laughs> yeah, the trap door yeah. that's so, where he's going a fairy tale that you'd like to see come true mm, yeah. in this era of professionalism and money and, and all cynicism that cynicism and yeah. you know Warren do you think the fairy tale ended for Stevie G that the minute he Slid in the oh. Chelsea game and slipped. And he hasn't played did, well since. Not, not for his, really, bank, he's not sort for his of, bank manager, though. Yeah. No, but it's funny, Vinny, because this stuff around Steven Gerrard, I mean, in all honesty, you have to celebrate the one-club players. You know, the guys mm. that have grown up and been part of the system and heart and soul. And if there was ever a player, and I might be biased, but if there was ever a player... You that almost des- met him, Warren. I did. You almost <laughs> met him. <laughs> yeah, that's another story. But I was actually alone that day outside of Copacabana <laughs> Beach. I think I might have been waiting for you three yeah, guys. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. another story. Um, <laughs> if ever a guy deserved a fairy tale finish, mm. it it's Stevie G. He's the modern day Scarlet Pimpernel of no, world no, football. Listen, oh. you know, for me, a player who is many, many, many times over a millionaire doesn't deserve. I don't think they deserve a Cinderella story or a fairy tale. I, I, they, it'd be nice if they had one. Yes, yeah, a fairy a, tale a, every night, Carlos. Well, there's a little bit of romance there you know, that he could have had one, but he's not going to be thinking twice about... Of course, no, he's not, he is. He's not Come gonna, on. He You're saying he, he's not the club man we think no, he's, no, Carlos. Well, the thing is, for me, if he hadn't thought about seriously going to Chelsea all those years ago... I'd be more in line with what Warren's saying. But he seriously thought about walking. <laughs> but he didn't. So he, for me, the fact that he even thought about it is enough to me to so say Carlos, he's just like everyone else. By implication, Wayne Rooney possible, doesn't love Manchester United. Is by it implication. Possi- is it possible for there to be a fairy tale in modern day professional sport? 
professional sport, I mean, I mean, there's different levels of professional sport. I mean, there's a fairy tale in FA Cups, for example, um, and or in, in our FFA Cup. When they're making no money, these guys, they, they, they're plumbers during the day, they're racing, they're, they're training with their overalls on and, and their, their toolkit and stuff like that. And uh, and they go and try and win a game against uh, you know Melbourne Victory. For me, that's a fairy tale if they do. But at professional sport level, I don't think so. Not these days. It's disappointing. No, Western Sydney Wanderers were a bit of a fairy tale when that they, was a fairy uh, tale. You know, that after... doco was good on them too. It was very good. Mm. Yes. Uh, so the hot topic tonight: a fairy tale you'd like to see sometime. Uh, give us a text message on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Already a few coming coming through. Um, Oh, poor you. Up the villa. Villa all, all over the Reds. Fairy tale would be for the villains to grab an eighth FA Cup Ben from Shepparton. Gabby Agbon Lahore, he deserves a fairy tale. Yeah, he's a, well, he's he, a one-cup he's, he's player. Just, he's been there. He's scored important goals. Yeah, he didn't he's leave like, when Ashley Young left. Yeah, but he's he's been pretty ordinary. He's been pretty inconsistent over the years. You ask any Aston Villa fans about Agbon Lahore. I mean, the guy was on the verge of playing for England, and I think I think he's got a couple of England caps. And he's shown, on his day, he still completely scares the living daylights out of uh, defenders. But uh, he's just not consistent enough. Yeah, That's a no. problem with Aston Villa, really. But they'll, they'll give the uh, FA Cup final a good shake, by the way. He'll score in the FA I Cup mean, final uh, now, I mean, they've, they've got some Ben Teke and, and yep. they've got some really good players in that squad. And now they've got a sniff of some silverware. And they're not going to win anything else ever. If there's the windscreen's O'Brien Cup, the way they used to have it, they might have a crack at that. But this this is their big chance because they won't win anything else, Aston Villa. Here's a nightmare from uh, Joe in West Footscray off the text and, and in relation to the Wonder Years who did 1990 this year. 1990 is a horror year for me as the Melbourne Knights fan when we lost the grand final on penalties against South Melbourne. Joe Palacides, uh is still giving me nightmares after <laughs> equalising in the last minute of normal time. That's, uh, that's the opposite yeah. to a fairy tale. Thanks for that, Joe in West Footscray. Hey, on 94291116, give us a call tonight. We'd love to hear from you. Let's go to Paul in Heidelberg. Wants to talk about fairy tales. G'day, Paul. Evening, gentlemen. Um, I was just when you're tax, talking about fairy tales. There, I think CVG had his in Istanbul back about yep. nearly yes. ten years ago now. Yep. Anyway, um, the next fairy tale I'm looking forward to, and I think it's I think it's on the cards, is uh, the third generation of Maldinis to pull on the red and black for Milan. Okay. So the Desiree won the European Cup in '69. I think he might have been captain. Yep. I think Paolo captained in 2003 and 2007, and yep. I believe there's at least three. Young Maldini's running around in the U team ranks. Okay, well, are they're they, all Catholics. Are they? Yeah, are they at uh, at Milan? Are they? They're Paul. Oh, I'm pretty sure they are. Okay, we'll have to do a bit of research on that. But I mean, I tell you what, if you're looking at, you know, uh, supreme soccer or football Pedigree. DNA, yeah, I mean that that family. I mean, I never saw Cesare, obviously, but Dad, my my father did, and he thought he was magnificent. We grew up seeing Paolo Maldini play, and what a fantastic athlete he was. I don't think I ever saw him beaten, ever. No. In, in any of the games, and we saw the Italian City R was broadcast on SBS all those years ago, and we'd watch him every week, and I don't think he was ever beaten at club level or international level. So I think that's a good one there, mate. Thanks for your call, Paul. Um, really appreciate that. Uh, 94291116. Getting some text messages on your hot topic here, Warren. A fairy tale you'd like to see sometime on 0433981116. Archie kicks the yeah. sealer in the A-League Grand Final at Amy Park. 
There's uh, Grant in Camberwell. Removal of Sepp Blatter as FIFA chairman. Can it really happen? That's a fairy tale for us all, James, at Caulfield. If we had a prize. (laughs) Yeah, if we had a prize. I've got to get on to that. (laughs) Tom in Glen Iris, 36 years old. Hope to see Spurs finish higher than Gunners before I die. That's Tom. And West Ham winning the title, Vange from uh, Doncaster. And uh, Daniel, my fairy tale would be Suarez realising he made a mistake by leaving and coming back to Liverpool and bringing Messi with him. I can dream. That's a real... That's good too. that's a that's a dream. Sad and, and pathetic, but good. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for your text messages. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Melbourne Victory supporters and Melbourne City supporters, you've got a fairy tale or two potentially happening. Happening. Send us your text message. Hey, and while we're talking about uh, Melbourne Victory boys, uh, let's let's talk about them because I heard you on half today, uh, Carlos, and yeah. uh, half time that yeah. is with uh, Daniel Harford. Um, you think that Melbourne Victory? Yeah. Should be celebrating well, already. They're, they're, they're three points ahead, one game to go. Mm. Uh, the goal difference has got a positive seven goals. There's no way they're going to lose the Premier's plate from here. They they could have the worst game they, they could ever play against Central Coast on the weekend, and they'll still win the Premier's plate. So why, why, isn't, why aren't we just saying it? Why, you know, I mean, Muskie was at, at pains during the press conference after the game on the weekend against Brisbane. Keep a lid. Keep Carlos. a lid. Keep we a still lead. have this really important game Focus. to play. Yeah, you know, nothing's guaranteed yet. Muskie, fair you've done a great job, but you must be celebrating on the inside. When, when we arrived in Brazil, Carlos, with the tour, yes. the first thing you said to us was, boys, keep a lid on it. <laughs> All right, stay, stay focused. That's right. So that's, that's what right. Muskie's thinking. Yeah, you can't yeah. just go gallivanting around celebrating before the time <laughs> I know. is no, right. I don't, I don't often agree with you, Carlos, but on this occasion, I, the reason why there's not enough fairy tales is because there's not enough fun. There's not <laughs> enough fun in professional sport. Now, fair income, Kev. Let them pop the cork yep. for a couple of days, you yep. know. Let them, I don't. Not overly consume alcohol because we don't condone that, but let them enjoy the yep. fact that they've won something the first time in six years. Fair income. They could stick the youth team out there on the weekend yep. and they wouldn't cop enough goals like, to lose the Premier's there plate. There should just be a parade, the, the training nights. So, you know, through the city, yeah. in little convertibles, yeah. each player gets a convertible. Yeah. On the way to training. Yeah. Even that, just a small thing like that would be, I think, nice. There'd still be some victory supporters oh. listening that would be nervous. They, they, what, nervous? What for? Because, you know, they lose 4-0. <laughs> uh, Sydney FC beat Wellington 4-0. Uh, Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a fairy tale. <laughs> it's a fairy tale. Yeah. Believe, Warren. Believe in fairy tales. I'm telling you what, not I, I one, encourage though. victory not to even turn up to the game this week. <laughs> Don't turn up. Just Hockey. give you give you three points. Yeah, the Look, worst thing you can do is forfeit. And then no, 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 I, I think you not only you lose the three points, but also yeah. you get. Yeah, I think the results three nil. So yeah. we don't want to do that because uh, Sydney beat Wellington three nil there at the Cake Tin just uh, recently mm-hmm. too. So uh, I, you know, I, I find it funny, and it must be really difficult for Muskie to try and uh, and fire those boys up suggesting it's an important game, but he did say something interesting in the press conference, saying that players are playing for their spots. Mm. And I suppose the rivalry within the team and the com- competition for spots within the team is something he can he can focus on. But really, as far as being worried about the result and not winning the Premier's plate, well, you know, that's not going to happen. Carlos, what do you think, or boys as well, is it a Premier's plate or the, the Danny seat that they want more? Oh, it's, uh, for me... 
if you if you play football and you know your football, it's first past the post at the end of the season. I mean, Top that's of the ladder. The, that's the thing. I mean, the scudetto. Even, even the way, even the way they they run the uh, the the final series here now, they've actually cut games. They've cut an extra week out, right? So it's it's sudden death virtually from the start. You don't get a second chance. The, only the first and second teams have a week off. But once they get into it, it's knockout. So it's just a lottery in football. That's what happens. So for me, there's less value with winning the grand final, even though Australians love grand finals. It's a premier's plate for that tells me who the best team is. And I actually reckon the victory have really honed in on finishing top. I, the way they've, I think they've been, they haven't been spectacular in this run of games leading up to this. But you know, when they'd lost to Newcastle. And then they had that to go to Brisbane twice and, and win. I actually think they've really honed in on finishing top because that's significant. You know, that means that you're the best team home and away for a 28 or so game season. I think they've really been very conscious of that. And it just shows you one thing, though, that is ironic. I can imagine Kevin Musket when he was playing his trade in England and the coach said there's an alcohol ban or you're not allowed to go celebrate. And just imagine Kevin being one that would have railed against that saying, got to let us have a bit of fun. And now as a coach, <laughs> it's all about focus and it's all about we haven't won anything yet and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, and I think victory have been really good and they haven't been spectacular, but they've really got the job done in recent weeks. But the thing is, they are still liable of the, with those lapses. Now, Vinny, you're the mm. victory man here. I mean, I the am- Newcastle game was... I couldn't explain what happened there. Muskie couldn't either. He virtually said in the press conference, well, we've just got to let that one go because there was just there was nothing in the game that suggested that Newcastle were going to win that game. But they did. And there have been other times, even the game against Brisbane on the weekend. Well, the last two games against Brisbane, the, yeah. first, the first game against Brisbane, we were really good and yeah. scored some, some cracking goals and played good football. But we also let Brisbane, we almost let them back into the game. Yeah. The second game... Geez, we only won one nil, and it is Brisbane, but it was Brisbane with a depleted senior squad. They they rested that many players; it wasn't funny. Although the young guns for Brisbane were, it was good, exciting good to players, see the young yeah. kids. Good players, but uh, and the penalty obviously yeah. was we were lucky to get mm. that. I, I think uh, fortune fa- favoured us for a change. So, but they yeah. are, they are they are susceptible to these moments, and yes, maybe that's absolutely. what Muskie's talking about. That we if we you know if we just put the brake on at all. Or we we don't focus right to the end, we may lapse, and they've shown lapses at different times. Even against Adelaide in Adelaide, hmm. you know, four or five the weeks ago. The game against Wellington. Yeah, they. I'll tell you what. The the game. Yeah, the game against Wellington that we turned up yep. to that time. So they are at times, even though they're the better side on the day, they do lose games or they do drop points, and I think that could be a bit of a concern. As I said on Half Show today, I don't think this victory side's a finished product. If they win the Premier's Plate or the Grand Final or both. It's a bonus. I think you'll see the best musket, you know, trained victory teams from next year onwards because there's too many gaps still in that team. But they they would have done really remarkably well if they win the the uh, any trophies this year, given that there's still holes in that squad. Mm. I was going to say too with Adelaide, and this is off the topic of victory, obviously. But with Adelaide, I would never have anticipated them being so poor without one player. In Karuska, like yeah. they 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 look so holistic as a team when they're playing well. But you've taken Karuska out of that team with injury, and they've come back to the pack in terms of they haven't really been able to win away from home. They've really struggled to win at home, 
and I, I'm sure there's lots of upside with with but with him going into this final series coming out of an injury cloud, I would have thought for me the team that was most likely to trouble the victory in terms of the way they play mm. really mm. now look like they, they well. Are they susceptible to an upset in the first week? If they were playing anyone except Melbourne City away from home, you know, at home, I would have thought they'd be susceptible to a to a um an upset in the first week. But Karuska's been such a huge loss for them, and they haven't no. been able to replace him. No, they, they, they've been really disappointing Adelaide, and they they were pretty much on top early in the game against West Sydney Wanderers, couldn't put them away, and suddenly uh, they lose a man, and it goes the other way. So that's how the one-off game can yeah. turn on something like that. And that's why, I, I know we're going to talk about Melbourne City in a minute, yep. but that's why I'm absolutely certain that Melbourne City could give it a shake once uh, once the finals start. Uh, don't worry about this week, but they, there's that's so much... That's a fairy tale, Carlos. That's so, a fairy tale, so much, so much riding. That's a fairy tale. So much riding on them playing that first final. Um, that you'll see a good performance from them. Whether they win or not, we'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll talk more about Melbourne City mm. after the break. We need to take a break right now, uh, Vinnie Venezuela and Warren, because um, we've got so many uh, fairy tales on the text machine. We'll go through those after the break. Right here in the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sports. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Here on a Wednesday night uh, on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Uh, talking about fairy tales today, talking about Melbourne victory. Uh, the hot topic tonight, Warren, is a fairy tale. Do fairy tales, well, can a fairy tale come true in modern football and what yeah. would it be? And what would uh, one be that you'd like to see happen? Uh, 0433981116. Uh, Lubo Milicevic coming into the studio again and taking calls near midnight telling people to get a life. That's our fairy tale. That's our nightmare. No, I've got to no, say, no, I, awesome. yeah, love Lubo. Love yeah. Lubo. But that was a scary night, wasn't it, when he, we had him in the studio for an hour? Bare-chested. Yeah, didn't know, didn't know what he was going to say next. My fairy tale that came true, 2000 UEFA Cup final, Galatasaray beat Arsenal in the final in penalties, then went on to beat Real Madrid in the Super Cup final. Wow. That's a fairy mm. tale. Mm. Sydney FC to lose to anyone in a grand final by a goal after not getting a blatant penalty. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, some person, someone's yeah. uh, fairy tale. Greece in the 2004 European Cup. Biggest fairy tale, Anthony and Malvin. Yep. That's a Cinderella story, absolutely. Yeah, that, You've got to be one. happy about that one. Hey, I've got one off the tweets. Uh, Messi to lead dynamic Argentina to the next World Cup. Is that, that a fairy, fairy tale? T- I think that would be no, fairy tale. T- t- no, it'll it. never happen. Uh, yeah, Argentina yeah, winning yeah, a World Cup. Yeah. It's like Portugal winning yeah. a World you Cup. Know, you know what's, what a fairy tale for me is? Having an Australian player, like mm. a Matty Ryan, playing for Real Madrid. Yeah, that'd be good. And there has been talk, you know, not, I don't know how strong that talk is, whether it's a player agent just throwing it out there and feeding it to someone and it, it sort of ran in the media, that he was, uh, Real Madrid was looking at it at one stage. But apparently he's on fire in Belgium. Club Bruges mm. will probably win the Belgium League. And, uh, and he's in the middle, he's in the heart of Europe there. You know, they all know that he can keep. I mean, Liverpool, talk, uh, talk about Liverpool there too. There was in the transfer yeah, window. I, I want him to go, I want an Australian, a young Australian player. To go to the to biggest go, club in the world. And be damaging there, like a Barcelona or a Real Madrid. Um, Tommy Rogic at Man yeah. U. Tommy Rogic. <laughs> oh, you're back to that uh, Yeah, uh, apparently tone. he's back playing. Yeah, he's back so playing. Back playing. So Won't yeah, last. Got a bit of, bit of sex in <laughs> Tommy your Tommy Rogic. Yeah, good, good there, Carlos. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester United relegated to the third division. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fairy tale. Uh, yes. Melbourne harder a Cinderella fairy tale. Turned into Melbourne City by the City Group godmother and beat their ugly mean stepsister victory Ooh. in the grand final. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. He's another one from Die in Canterbury. Is Ryan Giggs Man U living the fairy tale by still being at Man U as an assistant coach? I think the fairy tale would be that he has to become coach. Not with Louis Van Gaal, no, who to right. me is sucking the marrow out <laughs> of the sport. He he does not understand. Did you did you Why? listen to that press conference? Yeah. But it was not only the press conference, but also the guy at the end, the oh. Sky TV guy, who I'm was not sure interviewing straight after the game. I don't think he loves the game, Vinny. <laughs> Louis Van Gaal. I think. He is sucking the marrow out of the sport. I've fed income. He's got a he's got real issues. Finally, uh, Stephen Brunswick uh, for me would be Liverpool finally buying more than one or two decent players in the off season instead yeah. of the usual flops, also known as uh, Balotelli, Marino, Markovic, uh, Barini, Lambert, Allen, and installing a captain that won't slip over in a title deciding match, <laughs> aka Gerard Stephen Brunswick. There you there go. There you go, Warren. Couldn't sit a bit on myself. Hey, uh, we were talking about Melbourne victory uh, before the break and, uh, you know, the fact that they should be celebrating. You know, they're obviously putting it on ice at the moment. Carlos, just uh, just getting it ready for after. Kev doesn't know, What's but that? the boys are at a disco right now. They're out now. <laughs> they're right now. Kev doesn't know, though, because he said, stuff Kev, we've won it. We have. I know we've got a game to go, but we've won it. They'd be spies. Yeah. They'd be spies. <laughs> you couldn't do nah, it, could you? Nah, they're too professional. They're putting, keeping the lid on it. You know. Actually, I'll tell you what's happening. The players are in bed, but Kev's out celebrating. <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah, but he's he not can. telling anyone. No, he can. He, uh, he's still looking fresh, uh, yeah. Kevy Musket. <laughs> well, what about, um, so we've got the stadia situation sorted out, haven't we? About So victory do win, or do make it to the, the grand final. Amy Park, is that? Uh, I think Amy Park, if it's not Melbourne City. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it is Melbourne City, I think the MCG option is still on the table on the Friday night. That would be awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, how, how, you many, how many cars you're normally make, five, make it $5 tickets yep. and they get 200000 in there. <laughs> That's right. It'll be Maracanã back in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. Right? It'll be standing room. Yeah. If be... I was the FFA, fair income. Five buck tickets for everyone. Don't give them away for free, but it's five bucks. So you make a little bit of money. And get the printer, hundred and three thousand people. That's right. Get them all in there. Yeah, it'd be very interesting, Carl. It's not yeah. a bad uh, marketing <laughs> ploy there. Actually, um, you know who'd make the money? The people with the booking fee. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. right. It costs you more to book it online <laughs> than actually right. purchase the ticket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ticketek, I think, do the MCG. So, oh, do they? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got connections there. I got connections. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, more Ticketmaster, but yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, let's talk about that later. Yeah, sure. I don't know what about, but um, yeah, so. So let's talk about Melbourne City, Warren. Yeah, you and, want uh, you want to know well, my honest opinion? You want me to well, be? You, you only ever temperate. give. You only ever give your. Well, honest if I opinion. could divorce a team like <laughs> I'd done previously, fair income. If I could find an alternative team to support in the A League, they they're... absolutely irritate. Hang on, they finish me. fifth they in their irritate... own right. No, you know what irritates me? Because John Van Skip and John Van Skip came out and said that he wants their mental attitude to be better. Now, I don't. I was watching that game on Sunday night. They absolutely dominated the first twenty minutes. There was no issues around their mental attitude in the first twenty minutes. They just f- had this illness about being able to put the ball in the back of the net. They needed one goal of the fifteen chances that they had, <laughs> the and was then they go up the other end and Navi- cop the softest yeah, goal. Navio was he was peppering. everywhere. And uh, and he did test. I mean, it's not like he was kicking over the bar. I mean, he was hitting the targets, and uh, Vukovic was really saving oh, them. And then they the, the, soft up the, the other the, end. The, 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 the disappointing thing is that David Williams continues to get in the really good positions oh. and just can't score. 
for fun because mm. he, he has enough chances to score for fun. Uh, but Navillo does hit the targets. He just, uh, unfortunately, on that occasion, Vukovic saved. But it was Retre's send-off, and suddenly the whole thing changes again. Oh, who, was the, who was that referee? It was a bit soft. Ben Williams, was it? Oh. Two yellow card offences. However, oh. however soft they were, mm. they were two yellow card yep. offences. Two yellow cards? My mathematics in football it's says... Mathematics. Yellow. It's Not red. Graham Pohl's mathematics. So. <laughs> oh, just... They, they, they irritate me because their best is good enough. Their best is good enough to go and beat Adelaide in a one-off final. Forget about this Friday because yes. it, it's a nothing game. It is a nothing game. What are they going to do in the first... Given that in year two they made the finals and they were pretty inept. Inept. In Insipid against yeah, Perth. And they haven't yep. been in the finals since. No. They can't, they can't afford another performance No, like they've that. got to go... They've, if they're going to go down, they better go down and be incredible because I... You know what? Notionally, John Van Schip... I mean, they haven't been saved by Perth because they were going to finish in that spot. Rule. They were going to finish sixth regardless. The way. So they've achieved that. But if they were to whimper out of the finals against Adelaide, you know, being beaten 3-1 after being 3-0 down after 45 minutes, you know, sometimes, you know, we want finals in Australian sport because we love the final. But, you know, for all the work to get to the finals, if you get there and then you go out in an insipid way, that almost puts more nails in more nails in your, your coffin, so to speak, as a coach than what it would if you just finished fifth on the ladder and you qualified for whatever for the following season. If they finish fifth and have a glorious failure in the first final, is that yeah. a good enough season? I'd say he'd, I'd say they'd, they'd accept it externally as to whether internally there'd be a lot more pressure on him, I'm not sure. You but, mean internally at Manchester? Yeah, yeah. Inter- yeah. internally within the organisation, yeah. I'm not sure. But... Look, they, they would have, sorry to interrupt yep. you, they would have expected to finish top three yeah. given the way they started. You know, you know, with Via coming and... Yeah, and, and, um, Duff and I don't Duff. think that's unreasonable to expect that they probably would have. I mean, really, if you, look, if you look outside Melbourne victory, it's a pretty, even with Perth in there, it's a soft top three in terms of... Sydney are very capable of being beaten. Wellington have been good in patches, but they've been really poor Sydney's in patches. Sydney's had a terrific record since the Asian Cup. Yeah, they have. They actually haven't beaten. They've been beaten away from home. I mean, they're the they're the real challenges for victory. Yeah, Sydney. Yeah, but all the rest of them, uh, it's only victory in Sydney for me. Uh, all the rest of them, are, it's hit and miss. Uh, but again, it's it is sudden death in the final. So any, of the, I mean, Adelaide's mm. quite capable. If they turn it on to beat anyone, we can. So is Wellington, yeah, yeah with, and with Burns and yeah. Bonavacci and this. Melbourne City could get lucky. I reckon they not lucky, lucky in the sense that they they've had a sort of topsy turvy season, but they they can get in front of goal, and they've been unlucky in that they haven't finished some of the good work that they've cr- created. So in a final situation, suddenly Williams, you know puts two in instead of putting them over the bar or wide, and it's literally yeah. a, Nigel, a game changer. Nigel Bogart, who now holds the record for the most red cards in the A League, is he missing? Is he missing the first final? I mean, I oh, don't I know. He only gets one week. Oh, okay. One week for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think mm. Josh Kennedy comes. Interestingly, didn't travel to Perth, but yep. does the short flight to Adelaide. Yep. Um, I think he's the type of guy that could travel Adelaide notionally. But but would would them winning a final? actually cover up the cracks. Yeah, I think so. So do they need to lose that final 
to really make the decisions that need to be made at that club. I think there's decisions that are going to be made anyway. I think some you decisions think so? probably already what if they, been made. What if they make their way all the way to the grand final? Oh, I think it'd still be made, yep. I, yeah, I think, I think they might not be as brutal, but and they, it might save some, some guys. But, but I think they've had their year. They've had the year in, you know, um, with John Van Skippen a bit. Um, you know, I think, I, think they'll, I think next year, They'll be mm. a different Melbourne city. Names have been circled, Carlos. Yeah, there, yeah. there are circles around names. It's amazing how names can mean. With a Germano, question mark. I heard halfway through the year, Germano was going to be one definitely to go. And he's been terrific yeah. since he's played. <laughs> don't you want know, him like, to go that's what I'm yet. saying. You give these guys a chance and suddenly, just when you think you can cut them, you think, oh, God, he's playing well again. It's just they, they, to- they, they toy with you with these players. Nah, they need a shake-up. They need a shake-up. Absolutely, I agree. Now, does that extend to the coaching, Warren? Oh, look, I think... Um, I think if the if the league was more cutthroat in nature, and you know, if there was promotion and relegation, there was the you know the stuff around it. I think the fact that we're not there's nothing around that. John Van Skips, you know, was appointed for three years. I think no, they won't do too much, but they've definitely got to have some sort of clear picture as to where they want to go with their team because. They, they'd signed a remarkably large number of players from one season to another last season. There wasn't that, you know, turnover that you might have expected. And actually, as much as, you know, Damien Duff didn't come off more through injury than anything, because I'd say if he was now in the team, they'd be a, a, a very good chance of causing an upset. But him not. But, you know, they bought in Melling. Yep. From, uh, but he's from, out for the season now. Yeah. Yeah, he, he hurt his knee yeah, training, so he's gone. Yeah, so I think they've got some young guys coming through, but they've got to get their mix in terms of their international marquee. They'll have a spot available there. Josh Kennedy, um, he's, he's signed a longer-term contract, but the David Williamses of the world and the Ramseys and a few others who are always showing you enough to think, I don't want to lose them, but are never consistent enough to actually get you from fifth to, mm. And there, are, look, ladder-wise, there are a lot of for finishing fifth. There are a lot of points behind the top couple of teams yeah. who have lost their fair share of games this year. Yep, absolutely. So, have you done the permutations and combinations? Oh, actually, no. I was how... going to ask, can they if they beat Adelaide and victory win um, mm. in I the first Brisbane week of the final? Need to win their third, game. Yeah, I think. third plays sixth yep. and fourth play fifth, um, and then I think victory. Play the uh, lowest rank uh, winner. Winner. So that'd uh, have to be Brisbane. So Brisbane would have to cause an upset in yep. the first week, or, right. or it might be City. You know, if, if Brisbane lose in that first week against third place, if it's Wellington uh, and City uh, win, yep. victory will play City in that. In, well, they, in that they, they call it. A, they call it a qualifier. Pre- pre- preliminary yeah. or something or whatever. Yeah, preliminary. Duckworth Lewis's. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> just, uh, so just I get thought those you said one bloke. I thought it was two. <laughs> well, they they hang around together. Right? Uh, <laughs> Join at the hip. Yes, Warren. I mean, for for <laughs> Melbourne City and Melbourne victory to play in a grand final, Brisbane has to win in that first round. Week. Yeah, the first week. Mm. Yeah, and they're going to play. No, we don't know for sure, do we? Yeah, yeah, no, no, we're on here. Um, <laughs> fairy tale owning the food stands and uh, bringing back KFC Hernandez, Mervyn yeah. Berwick. Thank you. Yes, he's in the He'd Indian a... Premier League, isn't he? Yes. No, KFC. Uh, I think he's. Uh, no, I think he left there. Okay. Hey, the boys. Bindaloo didn't uh, sit well with him, <laughs> <laughs> causing him a bit of havoc, was yeah. it? Because yeah. KFC have Bindaloo over there. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. Chicken chicka. Yeah, yeah, not the mild version. Yeah, chicken masala. Ah. Hmm. 
Oh, very nice. In a box. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. spicy chicken masala. But anyway. He went through the drive-thru and not facts, expecting did that. I, I did not know. <laughs> yeah. Boys, I've got a problem. Going to the finals that when Musket goes 1-0 one or 2-0, one nil or two nil, he doesn't have a plan. to. Uh, he, do, he goes uh, into abuse mode. What do you think, Andrew and Coburg? We, we addressed this earlier in the year that, Warren, you in particular are not a big fan of the histrionics. Oh, no, I'm not. And I, I'm not a big fan of all the, um, the coaches' histrionics. And when the, when the whistle blows, can they just get off the field, please? That's the other thing that I'm not liking. What does the fourth official do? Is he, is he just paid to say, yep, 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 <laughs> did yep, you Did yep. you see that? They, they can't actually change anything. There was one last week. The young work experience, yeah, yeah, boys. Handshake. He, was in, he was in Musky's <laughs> face. Yeah. I said, you mustn't have a history. You don't know who you, you, need, you, you need a history lesson to this guy. You know who I am. But Musky yeah. smiled. And offered his hand in the handshake. Yep. But yep. this kid kept on berating him. Uh, but Muskie said, no, here's the handshake. And the kid still shook his hand whilst he was berating him. So it's good that they've and got some plucky little referees. <laughs> fourth officials. Fourth officials. He was a work through. experience kid. And yeah, the other yeah. thing that Muskie does beautifully well, when he's not happy with a decision, he'll wander out onto the pitch after the game as the referees <laughs> form their wall to walk off. He'll go beeline straight to them. And just quickly shake yeah. all of their hands on the way. And then just parallels them as yeah. they walk back through, just providing yeah. some advice and, and general impressions of their performance. I was a marshal on the weekend. I, I had power. I had the, <laughs> the orange vest and I had to escort. You were security? security? I was security. Did Me, Vinny Venezuela. Uh, Who would have thought? Junior game, Vinny? Junior game. Yeah. Did you flex? You know, I had to keep a lid on the... Yeah. The, the, the away parents, supporters. The parents. Yeah, so, but they were okay. They were yeah. good. Oh, good, good. Were so, they roped off the ground? What, what, what happens at your junior? The coach group? was getting outside of his ah. his, <laughs> his sort of technical area, yeah. and I had to say, listen, buddy, <laughs> back in there. Like, yeah. I was the fourth official. Oh, yeah. Kind okay. of. Yeah, I've already... slip. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I had my netball coaching debut on the weekend. Yeah, I got told to sit down by yeah. the... Um, by the second see, official. See, Vinny did it with a with a short black too. He's walking yeah, around with a little yeah, short right, black yeah. on a Sunday morning. Was it Sunday morning, Vinny? It was a Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah, chilly Sunday well, morning, short black. You know. yeah, it's the only way to do it yeah, for yeah, Vinny Venezuela. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey, let's take a break. Uh, I think so. And then we'll come back. We'll uh, talk to Mike McGrath. Yes. Look, looking forward to this weekend so that Victory and Victory supporters can celebrate their uh, top of the table uh, the Premier's plate, yeah. as we call it. Uh, they're not doing it now, Carlos. They're they'll, celebrating they'll, they'll now. They'll do it come on. after the game. Yeah, yeah. It's when you do it and when they take on Central Coast Mariners on Sunday night. Good luck to you and good luck to uh, both the Melbourne teams as they go into the finals. They'll probably have the uh, warm down at the ice bar or something like that straight from the ground. <laughs> Fort Diego's 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home sport. Come on, guys. A lot of you are involved but not committed. Do you know the difference between involvement and commitment? Think of ham and eggs. The chicken is involved... The pig is committed. This has been a halftime pep talk by the Four Diegos. On eleven sixteen SEN, the Four Diegos. Yes, and coming up after the Diegos, it's all night appetite with Darren Parkin and A Rod in the uh, banter hour. Yes, uh, A-Rod's nodding. Uh, always good listening. Make sure you're listening after midnight tonight for an hour or so. Or we'll make sure you listen to Darren all night if you're up. That Darren's is good listening. Yeah, Darren. Yeah, well, yeah, A-Rod, A-Rod he adds does a value. Good job. Ad, 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 yeah, yeah, he does. Anyway, let's, uh, <laughs> let's not talk I about A-Rod. I listen about three. <laughs> yeah, do you? And then I've got to go to bed. That's right. You, you shouldn't have that short black just <laughs> yeah, after the right. show, Carlos. But, uh, hey, uh, 
Look, Mike McGrath's been very patient. <laughs> he hasn't been waiting the whole show. He's just got him. Um, Mike McGrath from The Sun is on the line. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, uh, always our pleasure. Rodrigo's here. That's me, Vinny, Warren and Carlos. And uh, Warren wants to kick it off tonight. Oh, Mike, I've got a number of bees in my bonnet, but... Uh, Louis Van Gaal and his press conference after the uh, after what was a a really good game and a good performance by Manchester United, but they lost. But we hadn't seen this previously. But it was almost he was sucking the marrow out of the <laughs> the life of the game for me, Mike. What was going on with that press conference? Well, it's I mean, you guys probably haven't seen it as much as we have, but I mean, you can't ask any kind of half volley questions you've got to really be uh, you've got to be on your ball when you're a journalist and he really took that broadcaster to task really um, and 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 told him you know a few home truths and it was it made for quite squeamish tv but um that that's how van hall is he doesn't take prisoners and if he doesn't like the line of questioning uh, you know you're going to get both barrels back Mike, it's Carlos, but listening to... He had a crack at the Sky reporter directly after the game, and then in the press conference he had a... I'm not sure it was the same reporter, but he, he had a crack at the same uh, another reporter. Uh, and they were, uh, they were focusing on the loss, the fact that they lost 1-0, and they were asking about whether he was frustrated with that, given that they played so well and had so much of the ball. I thought that was a quite normal question to ask. Uh, and he sort of got a little bit antsy over the fact that they weren't concentrating on how well they played. Oh. I think, Carlos, that was a really tough question. That was Louis yeah. Van, that yeah. was Louis Van Gaal, he's just, he's just, the pin. Uh, he's just <laughs> off doing some research. But anyway, we'll get him back very soon. Absolutely. Um, mm. so, so, Warren, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I must admit I didn't see that interview, but, but I've seen him. He's a very dour kind of guy. He's and, sucking the marrow out of the sport. I, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that Mike, uh, when we get Mike back... Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that is harsh, Warren. Yeah. Just, it's hard because I'm mad trying to imagine how you actually do that. I think and Van Gaal, you've got to give him credit for for, for turning Manu around. So Been pretty easy. he's allowed to be trying to you know his, his cup is being half full and he wants people to realise. So so uh, what's his name's back? Uh, what's his name? <laughs> yeah yeah, Mike, Mike's back. G'day Mike, you back? Oh, I prefer what's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike, I'm not sure whether no, you no got the, the whole question that. there, but basically I thought they were relatively. Uh, you know, genuine questions you'd ask about the loss rather than... Uh, yeah, the... I, yeah, I think Van Hole had his back up because he was so... He, he really did, he rated their performance and, you know, his players were doing what they asked of him. And when you lose a game with 70% possession, you're probably going to be upset about it. I think he let, he let that show to the reporter. But, I mean, it does show that you do have to... You do have to have things up your sleeve. You have to have... You have to know how to treat uh, Van Gaal when you when you come face to face with him. There, there is absolutely no no easy easy questions for him. Mike uh, Vinny here. Has there been uh, any were, were Man U supporters as happy with that result, even though it was a poor result? Given that uh, they did have seventy percent possession, but they were they were kind of prongless. They eh? they didn't really threaten. Um, the Chelsea goal that much, and I know Rooney had a had an opportunity, and Falcao maybe had half an opportunity, but I I don't think he was being as uh, dangerous as they were hoping. And quite quite honestly, I was surprised that Van Gaal didn't give Van Persie at least ten minutes towards the end. Well, uh, this certainly hasn't been a week where there's been a fallout over you know where a man you going. I think 
Man U fans and certainly um, the reporters up there covering them day to day kind of see that they're going in the right direction. Um, Van Hal's got them playing well, got them winning, and I think that's not really going to, you know, a defeat at Chelsea it was isn't going to detract from that. Um, I think it was, yeah, it, it came at a uh, a very pertinent time as well because obviously that is, it's a year to the day uh, today since Moyes was sacked. Um, and I don't think um, I don't think one defeat is gonna is gonna make them think that it's gone back to those days just yet. Now, Mike, with um, Liverpool not being able to you know give Stevie G the opportunity to have a fairy tale, which we've been talking about tonight, I just wonder how does Brendan Rodgers and Liverpool themselves manage the exit now of Stevie G? They're still half in the fight for fourth position, so they can't hand him games and hand him time. And they might not be in that race towards the end, but in terms of handing him time, that sort of stuff, how is he going to finish his career? Because there's a sense that it's going to go out with more more like a whimper than a bang in terms of the celebration of his time there. Yeah, I think Rogers himself has said he's not. there's going to be no sentiment about his election. Um, and I think he'll be true to that. Uh, I, I think that when Lucas is back, he'll have a real decision on what to, what um, team to pick. And uh, and when it comes to that last game against Palace at uh, Anfield, his last home game, it, if they need points, it could be a real de- real decision for him to make. I think minimum though, he will get a few minutes on that final day at Anfield, even if it's just stoppage time because he, he is going to get the most incredible reception or farewell, if you like, um, uh, during that game. But I, I, I think Brendan's going to be pretty ruthless about this. He's not going to, he's not going to stick him in the team for, um, for sentiment. Is there any danger that uh, Brendan Rodgers might be in trouble at all? Or, or is it just... Uh... Um, not really. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, the feeling from the club earlier in the week um, was, was that he is, he is safe. But, uh, you know, I think he'll be, uh, he'll be under pressure in terms of, you know, making his signings work um, and getting a tune out of his players next year. But in terms of um, the sack, that's definitely not the, uh, that's not the sounds that we're hearing out of Anfield at the moment. Hey, Mike, on our text message uh, machine here, there's uh, not a lot of love for Brendan Rodgers. So, um, yeah, a few, a few text messages tonight saying that uh, he should be sacked. So, um, no, is that the yeah, same, uh, same kind of sentiment amongst the public? I mean, there's definitely there's questions being asked about him. His, his signings that he brought in didn't work. Um, but I think he himself is really hampered by some, some bad luck, really, losing him. Losing, um, Suarez and Sturridge being injured has been a massive factor and he kind of resurrected them a little bit with that run, changing his formation um, and that was good coaching um, and he needs to carry that on and have a, a strong end to the season even if they don't finish fourth I, I, I think it's a bit of an overreaction, they were on a fantastic run before, they, before this mini you know, this mini slump started for that Man U defeat they were, they were playing well and getting out getting results Hey Mike, you're the best known uh, what's his name on Melbourne radio. So uh, really, <laughs> really appreciate. <laughs> That's all right. I was only kidding. You know that. Um, as always, yeah. thanks for your time with the uh, with the Diego's.
Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. There's, uh, what's his name from The Sun uh, in the UK, Mike McGraw with the Diego's, as always. Boys, big show tonight. Uh, thanks to our callers and our text messages. Really enjoyed the fairy tale stuff. Coming up after Diego's All Night Appetite with uh, Darren Park and then A-Rod in for the first hour uh, for the banter hour. So remember, Carlos. We were Puerto Rican girls. Hang out. We'll, we'll be there. there. We're of you, Samba, Rumba and La Bamba. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever there are go- girls with thread on their head and balls of their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll, we'll be there. there. We are the Four Diego's. Olé. Olé.